Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to More Than Amused Podcast a podcast all about women and the arts hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and others on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Welcome back, everybody, to another week with More Than Amuse. I'm Sadie. And I'm Stani. And, and oh, go it's on. okay. We're just so happy to have you here. Um, I know that these are like staggered a little, but like our podcast officially launched. And so we've been kind of just basking in everything happening this week. And it's been really exciting. We have some amazing episodes coming up for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really excited because we're doing a Halloween special episode this week, mm-hmm. which is going to be so fun. I know. That's what we were like when we realized that this would be that Halloween was coming up. It was mm-hmm. like, how can we find a topic that has something <laughs> to do with women in the arts? And we did. And so I'm we stoked. did. And it's a cool one. Well, this episode comes out, what, the week before Halloween or the, the same week of Halloween. Do you ever like, are you a Halloween person? Do you do big fun things for Halloween? No, we've always wanted to. Never have. I don't know why. Like, I think the last Halloween I did something fun was actually with you when I went to visit you at UVU and we dressed <gasps> up like a Jedi and a Sith Lord and we're so nerdy. But I, I remember what we what I said. I like my Instagram caption was some like Sadie the Sith and Stani the. Oh, I don't remember. It was so cute. Okay, it I'm looking. Cute. Oh no, I I found it. Our, my yes. Instagram caption from October 31st, 2015 was mm-hmm. Ston and the Sith there we go happy halloween (laughs) that was the last time like i went somewhere i think because then i i guess like i should explain i served a mission for our church which basically like you go to a different place and like preach the gospel and like do service and like all sorts of other things so i was gone for two halloweens yeah, so I were in Ohio. Yeah, we didn't do anything, and they party hard in Ohio, but we didn't go, obviously. So it was fun to see everyone's like weird costumes, but yeah. And then I came back, and that year I was sick, and then I got married, and me and Dathan have been lame. Same. The last couple of years, I've worked in a call center until 10 p.m. every night, and holy cow! I just like. Halloween was always pretty chill at work Mm -hmm. and I liked who I worked with and I wasn't gonna do anything crazy so we just (laughs) kind of sat around and ate candy and then went home and watched scary movies so yeah yeah definitely not too crazy I always like I'm with you though like I wish I was that person who Mm -hmm. like went all out and earlier this month I was like okay Jordan we are going to do an amazing couples costume I really want to do it and then he's like and where are we gonna wear it to yeah, and, you're and like, I was Crap. like, yep, you're right. Okay, next year. Next <laughs> yeah. year we will do something. <laughs> no, we've always wanted to as well. And we even have friends that do like these amazing Halloween parties, but they mm-hmm. live far away. Yeah. And so then it's like a whole thing and Dathan would have to get time off and it just, it never works. But uh-huh. I love the idea of Halloween. I just have never, yeah. Yeah. The one couple's costume Jordan and I have ever done, we were invited to like an obscure Disney Halloween party. And mm-hmm. so like the prompt of our the costumes was to, yeah, like be an obscure character. So oh, we, do you remember, you know, the Pixar movie Cars? Yeah. You know, the two minivans that get lost in Radiator Springs? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. That was us. <laughs> and it was the most cheap costume ever because I went to Walmart, like cut out poster board 
well, actually my best friend did it because I am in a, like have no ability to do anything crafty, <laughs> even that. <laughs> and then I like cut out the little eyes and like stuck them on my boobs. And I was like, I am a minivan from cars. Oh, so that's cute. There no, we I go. I love that. That's really funny. Yeah. Gosh. No, I'm thinking of like all the Halloweens where I actually did something and you were there every time and it was mainly high school dances. <laughs> I feel like that freshman year of college, though that that was a fun Halloween. We went that to like what the fun. Provo, we went Center to that Street Halloween that they do like every year. They shut down yeah. like three streets and throw this giant party in the street mm-hmm. and play music and stuff. We went to that, and then we went back to some random apartment. Oh, it was fun, and we like watched a movie of something. I don't even remember what it was. But yeah, that was like the last time I did something. And every other Halloween previous to that was mainly in high school. (laughs) Maybe next year. Obviously this year I feel like Halloween is almost canceled, but... Pretty much. I'm not doing anything, so it's fine. (laughs) I don't think we are either. Probably watch Stranger Things again. I know. Have you watched... Like The Haunting of Hill House or Haunting of Bly Manor? And now I want to watch The Haunting of Hill House because, like, sneak peek into the episode, it was written, the book that it's inspired by was written by a woman. Yes, and I've actually, I read the books. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Last year, I watched The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. I loved it. And then I found out it was, like, written it was based off of a book and so I got the book and it was so spooky it was a good book no that's awesome I I'm such a scaredy cat and I usually (laughs) like I love true crime but I have really bad nightmares and I have my whole life and so like the more scary things that I ingest the worse it is for me to try and sleep at night so I have to like balance it all out so I could usually only like watch them in the morning early and then like give myself time no I'm 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 such a scaredy cat like I'm such a baby when it comes to things (laughs) like that too but for some reason haunting of hill house and then now this newer season of it like it is very creepy but like I I like those ones and I like scary books but I feel Mm -hmm. like for me, it's because I, I don't, there's no jump scares. Mm. Yeah, and they can't no, jump scare you. Like no creepy visuals. Like it's mm-hmm. all just in my own brain. So, and if I, and if I'm scared, I can just close the book and like, oh, nope, it's not real anymore. So I like reading scary books. I think those are fun. No, that's awesome. I'll have to check out Haunting of Hill House though. Cause yeah, it's, it's cool. Okay. Well, should we dive into this? topic today yes i think we should today we are talking about i don't know like a good way to phrase it but like the women of the gothic horror fiction Mm -hmm. genre in the 19th century predominantly when i mean stani like sent me this link to an article that pretty much talked about the fact that what 70 percent of the writers of the ghost stories in that time period were actually written by women which I mean I was surprised to hear like that is such a majority you know that 70% were women authors and I did not I wouldn't expect that either which I think that's crazy I didn't either and then the more I thought about it the more I was like wait but yeah like (laughs) but I think it's because I read um part of an article that talked about the fact that if you google like gothic horror fiction or even horror fiction the top Mm -hmm. names that pop up are always men yeah but the genre as a whole is like completely dominated by women and Mm -hmm. so it was such an interesting thing that I was like wait what like of course you've heard of like Stephen King and like everyone talks about that but like no one thinks about the fact that like this is there's like so many women writers going back to Hill House like Stephen King he he's been like he said that Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson is one of the ghost, the best ghost novels ever written. Like he has that to say about that book. And like, I hadn't heard of it, heard of it or heard of her until that Netflix TV show came out. So I think I thought that was so crazy to like he, and like, obviously like you said, he's who we think of mm-hmm. when it comes to like horror writing. And obviously oh, he's yeah. written so many and obviously he's written a lot of good books, but like, <laughs> I thought that was crazy that like, that's who 
like according to him that's one of the best ghost stories written and not just him looking into it i realized that charles dickens was inspired Mm -hmm. by gothic horror fiction for his story of a christmas carol which makes sense i like never (laughs) it never crossed my mind that that could be considered horror because it's like a heartwarming christmas tale but like he gets haunted by ghosts the entire time (laughs) like it's a christmas story but like actually it's it's a ghost story (laughs) yeah and then um bram stoker's dracula as well so both of those are very famous stories that are like more haunting and both of them were inspired by the female authors that came before them throughout that genre including edgar Allan poe as well um who is said to be inspired specifically by Anne Ratcliffe, who we can talk about a little bit later. She was like the pioneer of Gothic fiction. Dang, that's awesome. But looking into it, it kind of started wondering like why Gothic horror fiction got so popular in the 19th century. Yeah. And so for like a little brief state of the arts of like why it was all of a sudden really popular, um, it was kind of for a lot of different reasons. Um, This was during the rise of the Industrial Revolution. Mm -hmm. So the printing press um, was invented further. (laughs) It had already been invented, but like further and like streamlined Mm -hmm. and made even more possible. And I think even automated at this time. So that got rid of a lot of jobs, but it made it faster for things Mm -hmm. to be printed and and sent out into the the world quicker. Yeah. And because of that, a lot of people had more leisure time than they had ever had. And so there was also a huge push for education. And most people during this time period learned how to read. So no matter mm-hmm. what social class you were in, you could read at this point, which increased the need for reading yeah. materials. And especially, I'm sure, with like, there's people who maybe hadn't had access to those materials before, like mm-hmm. access to like reading or, you know, books or whatever, like all of a sudden, if you can have that, it'd be like, I want to read everything. Exactly. And so um, periodicals or like magazines became really popular and they needed authors to submit stories. Mm. And ghost stories had always been like an oral form, like something you tell around the campfire and it gets yeah. passed down from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. But with everyone needing like a ton of content really fast, ghost stories were like short, cheap, generic, repetitive, and they could be cut to fit whatever length they needed them to fit. Yeah. And so they were like the most popular thing to be put in the magazines because they just worked so perfectly with it. And also too, like I'm sure as far as entertainment, like you know. It's just fun. Yeah, ghost stories are fun. They, I mean, I get super freaked out by them super easily, but like, yeah, they're so fun. Exactly. Yeah, just like really, really fun. And then a few things they think inspired it further would be people migrated from like out in the country into more of the city area for more jobs. And it, this was kind of when the middle class was created. Hmm. And so they moved into these houses that had servants and then there was like servant entrances and like people Mm. were entering and exiting all the time throughout the entire house. So it became like really common to just have like people pop out of like a wall that was like a servant's corridor that you had no idea they were there. Creepy. And then like hurry down. So people just got used to like people popping up everywhere in their homes and like walking around and then gas lamps were also a thing. This was like super interesting. The carbon monoxide in the gas lamps could provoke hallucinations. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And that's how they were lighting their homes. And so in these close corridors, um, a lot of the times people were like encountering ghosts, but they think it probably was just like hallucinations. And that's crazy, too, because, like, everything that you just said are, like, the typical tropes and, like, visuals that are still in ghost stories and everything now. Yeah, Like, even in, like, ghost stories, like, I'm going back to Hill House again because I don't watch a lot of scary things. And that's, like, one of the most recent ones that I watched and that I loved. But, like, Mm -hmm. the whole thing with that movie is, like, a spooky house and there's, like, 
you know and like people popping in and out and like servants mm-hmm. quarters and things like that and like the flickering the, lighting yes. and everything yeah it's because of this time period and then another part of it was people were rejecting religion um a little bit more widely and so spirituality was growing a lot and um kind of more of those like pagan roots and so that kind of started to rise and become more phenomenal and like the idea of like magicians and like people floating and apparitions and like seances and everything else and then one more thing that I never would have thought of photography was like invented and popularized during this time and there were a bunch of photographers who used like tricks with like the photo developing and everything to make it look like there were ghosts in the photos and they would charge like double and they would do all sorts of this stuff and they would like make it look like a ghost was in your picture so okay so it wasn't like they were like trying to con people Mm -mm. and it was like it was people wanted it to look like there were ghosts with them Uh uh-huh Ooh, and photography that's... like made it look so real so it'd be like yeah. oh we caught a ghost on film and it would look like a real ghost because it was a photo oh but it was just like exposed i don't know how it works on like a film camera but like they just yeah. did exposure and like removed the subject before it finished and everything crazy right that is so cool yeah so those are kind of like what helped popularize it and like make Mm -hmm. it such a thing and then also as we've read like it was a really good job yeah well that's what I thought was so interesting read like reading about it is just the fact that like this was actually a really sustainable way for people to make an income and also especially women to make an income because I think like it said like they were the ones who were generally home more often and so they had a lot more of that free time and so therefore they had more time to write and you know to submit stuff to different magazines and things like that and I I was so like one of like the articles was like it might shock you but like writing like this was actually like it was a it was a great side gig (laughs) yeah I believe it and compared to a lot of the jobs that were available for women Mm -hmm. that would be way better (laughs) I know and also another thing too that like it talked about a lot that when you were writing into and submitting something to a magazine like then there was the option either to be anonymous or to create a pseudoname that maybe wasn't so obviously feminine or you know what I mean so then it was like you almost like didn't have that automatic barrier because it wasn't like so obvious that you were women or you can maybe choose to present yourself as anonymous or you know not I I can't think of what the word is but you know having a different name that's more generic (laughs) yeah no I thought that that was like really interesting for sure there's this quote I love that's like for most of history anonymous was a woman Mm, yeah which I love because it's true and I don't think we think about that enough but like every time it says like unknown author or anonymous it's it's usually a woman and that's why it's anonymous yeah and like so many of them wrote anonymously or under pseudonyms like yeah later would be published under their real name or like sometimes maybe they weren't and we don't know but then you know like it just like gave them that it's like they were like skipping the patriarchy though you know because oh i'll just change my name yeah and if they're gonna just submit a story to a magazine I mean I don't know what the application process was like but like if they didn't know it was a woman submitting it then they could just base it off of the fact that is this a creepy good story Mm -hmm. and obviously there were a lot that were good enough yeah um one person that brought like came up a lot was Anne Radcliffe Mm -hmm. who wrote the mysteries of Udolpho which I haven't read what it is very famous and she went on to inspire Jane Austen's Northanger Abbey which Mm. I didn't realize was kind of like a gothic parody that's what they called it so in a way she like wrote fan fiction based on (laughs) Radcliffe's story which I thought was really funny and then like Edgar Allan Poe Sir Walter Scott 
And she inspired the idea of gothic feminism. Ooh. Which came up a ton and was so interesting to me. Mm -hmm. um, Where it was like female power instead of like weakness in the stories. And then it kind of inspired gothic horror to be like challenging of the concept of gender itself. Yeah. Well, something also, too, that's so interesting about the fact that it was written by so many women. Um, There's this quote here where it's like in stories by like by men, um, male protagonists commonly find their intellectual and scientific ideas challenged by supernatural phenomena. But in stories by women, when something goes bump in the night, it's often the sound of the author butting her head against society's rigid definitions of her role. Yes. That was a cool <laughs> quote where and also too it talked about that like it's it was much more common that in the ghost stories written by women, um it would emphasize like the psychological aspects of a character's torment when like dealing with a haunting or something like that and almost like the scariness of like being trapped in your brain or like you know finding maybe what's rigid and what's set and so I think that's so cool that it's like I mean it just shows like the value that obviously women can bring to an art field but I never would have thought that like to ghost stories what that could do but I mean, that makes sense that if like, you know, they're frustrated in their own lives and maybe are stuck within their own minds, then what better way to like, you know, channel mm-hmm. that than into, than like, I don't know what's the word, like personifying your yes. feelings into like, almost like, no, I'm being haunted by this. And this feeling is like, almost like, because it's a ghost. <laughs> exactly. Like it was kind of funny because I'm sure it was like escapism too yeah exactly where they're like well I'm gonna write a story where like I don't need anyone to save me and I am defeat everything on my own and I figure it out and I'm clever and like smart and everything else because that's everything that I know that I am and everything that society is telling me that I'm not well okay so going back to Shirley Jackson we've I've mentioned her a couple of times. Um, There's this quote that I found from her Mm -hmm. where she said, I am tired of writing dainty little biographical things that pretend I am a trim little housewife in a mother (laughs) Hubbard stirring up appetizing messes over a woody stove. I live in a dank old place with a ghost that stomps around in the attic room we've never gone into. I think it's walled up. And the first thing I did when we moved in was make charms in black crayon on all the door sills and window ledges to keep out demons and was successful in the main. So like <laughs> I just love that. For one thing, obviously this is, she has a lot of personality, but mm-hmm. also just like that frustration of like no, like I want to tell ghost stories and that's like this is how this is who I am I'm not this like she said dainty little thing or that's I don't want to write dainty little things yeah no it it's really powerful like reading about all of this and hearing what they were able to do mm-hmm. um it was kind of funny too a lot of the authors were supporters of the women's suffrage movement yeah which I thought was cool because then they were like propelling their movement forward through Mm -hmm. ghost stories which is something that I never would think about like oh like you want to help women vote and get rights like let's write ghost stories where women are powerful and capable and like what like like like, who would have thought that that could play some role in it too and also too I think I read that not even just like women suffrage supporters but they were also kind of like the people who were like the maids or who are maybe in those lower outside realms of society who could kind of just like view everything that was going on, mm-hmm. you know, and, and offer in their commentary. It was like social commentary in a way. Yeah. And kind of give a voice to a different class of people. Yeah. They said a couple of stories that came out were about maids and like governesses and everything else. And by allowing more people to write, they were giving a voice to all these like marginalized parts of society that had never mm-hmm. been heard from before. Exactly. Which is such a cool thing. I read a synopsis of one of the stories and I don't remember which one. So that's on me, but she um, talked about how she was like trapped in a room because her husband was a doctor and he said she was sick. And then she like ripped down the wallpaper and was like, you can't keep me trapped in here anymore. 
I um, think that was the yellow wallpaper. Okay, I think I called. read about that one too. Oh yeah, the yellow wallpaper by Charlotte Perkins Stetson. But she has depression and is like the author herself had diagnosed herself with nerve weakness. Mm. Which I don't know entirely what that is, but yeah, I kind of think it's along the same lines. But her doctor like actually did that to her. He like confined her to bed and like wouldn't let her do anything mentally, physically, or socially engaging. Oh. So she wasn't allowed to do anything. And she said herself that like the cure nearly drove her insane. So in the story, she kind of did the same thing where like she sees herself like trapped in the wallpaper and her husband's the doctor and he's like confined her to the room. And finally she like, he walks in and she's like tearing down the wallpaper and she's like, I've torn it all down. So you can't put me back in it. And then he like passed out from seeing his wife like that, I guess, because it would be shocking. And Mm -hmm. so she like crawled over him in the story and got free. And that was like kind of how it ended. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what a feminist story that's like disguised as a ghost story where she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sick and tired of all these doctors like confining me to my room and Mm -hmm. telling me like that I can't do anything. Well, and it goes back to, to the fact that women writers like it was so psychological because I I read that the plot or the synopsis of that book as well or excuse me article or story and it doesn't sound like there was like an actual ghost but there was that like creepy psychological elements of she's seeing herself in the wallpaper and she's like kind of going crazy and it's like and and truly like that's what's really horrifying you know like about life and like that's the kind of ghosts and demons like that we actually do have to deal with, you know? And I think it's so crazy and it's so cool that women maybe were so much more accurately able to display that because of just the things that, you know, they were experiencing. Mm -hmm. No, they really could. (laughs) I don't know what else to say about it. It's just amazing. I think that's just such a cool thing that like they weren't able to do so much. And so they like, Mm -hmm. they did it in a different way. We're going to take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists. Okay, so for today's Instagram shout outs or spotlights, we wanted to do some that are a little bit more Halloween-y or spooky. So this first one is someone that I actually know and she's a makeup artist. And as of recently, she's kind of been doing the, you know, cool Halloween makeup and costume makeup. It's, it's really cool. Um, her Instagram is face it with Ken. And I actually, like I said, I know her personally. Um, her husband is in like the same singing group that I'm in. And she did my makeup once for a performance and it was like the prettiest I've ever felt. I was like, I told her, I was like, I feel like Taylor Swift tonight. So thank you. Anyways. So on her Instagram page, um, she obviously, you know, shows off her like makeup creations, but she also gives recommendations for products and things like that. So if you're interested in makeup and want to see the cool things that she's doing, definitely give her a follow. Makeup is an art form that I am not very good at um, trying actually to work on that. But, um, you know, like I said, I'm so just incredibly impressed by it. So check her out. Give her a follow. She's really cool and also just a very lovely person. Yeah, no, these are amazing. First off, Mm -hmm. she's beautiful. I know. (laughs) Like absolutely gorgeous. And then also like her Halloween stuff lately is just really cool. I know. Like the clown one from just a couple days ago. Like I thought that was so cool. Or And then like her old lady one. Yeah. It's so cool. It doesn't even look like her. Really cool. Definitely check her out. And then we also, we have one from a listener. Yeah, I know. Thank you so much for shouting this person out um the listener who sent it in is tori creech so thank you um the account is an artist named emma black and the account name is goo goo gilly mm-hmm. she's and, an artist and illustrator right yes from the uk oh cool and she just does like really cool creepy art i know i I love it. 
it has like googly eyes. I think that's why it's goo goo gilly because she does a lot of like googly eyes and like, eyeballs. like eyeballs. Yeah. They're really, really cool though. Very intricate and detailed and just really some. <laughs> I know. I like, I love it. It's like beautiful flowers with like eyeballs. Yeah. And I think it, it's so cool and unique. It's like the most subtly creepy kind yes. of thing. Like you have it. this beautiful botanical picture and then there's like these little floating eyeballs all throughout it. I know. Just amazing. Super intriguing. Yeah. I'm like stalking her right now. I, love I know. It. It's so cool. So definitely check her out as well. I love the ones with like the weird mushrooms and then like the eyeballs and so cool. Plus it looks like she has shirts too and stickers. So if you can't afford an art piece, which I know is common struggle that I deal with every day. And then I also, I had something else I wanted to shout out. There is this like popular challenge, I think you could say that people do every year around Halloween. It's called Inktober. Oh, yeah. And I just love looking at what everyone comes up with. So they have an official Instagram account. It's created by a man, but obviously a lot of female artists take part in it. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking to find, like, some cool recent illustrators, like, definitely check it out. They do a prompt for every day of October. And then people just send in their submissions and it's meant to be just like really fun and like not thought out. And so it's just like you and a pen and some paper and it's crazy what people do in a day first off, like, holy crap. Um, but on top of that, like, it's just really cool to see people's like innovation with all of the same prompt and like what they come up with. Absolutely. When they're all given the same thing. Yeah, no, I'm like, I love, I love stalking them on Instagram as we're shouting them out. And it's so cool. It's amazing. So definitely go there and check it out. And there's like so many women who participate in this that Mm -hmm. come up with some really amazing stuff. So yeah, check all those people out. We'll have them tagged too. And yeah, send in more. Let us know if you'd like to be shouted out. We would love to do that. We would love to promote you. And I know mm-hmm. how hard it is to like get promote yourself. So yeah. send us stuff. We will, well, not stuff. <laughs> I meant your information. Send us your information. We will spotlight you. All right. Now back to the show. So there's like this book now that I want to get called like Weird Women. Yeah. Weird Women where it's like a collection of classic supernatural fiction by groundbreaking female writers yep that's the official subtitle and it has like it's a book of just like different a collection of stories that were published between like the late 18 like 1800s and the beginning of the 1900s so just like that portion of you know that time period when this was so popular so I I want I think it was just published this year so it's a newer book but I was like oh I want to get that and like read these different ghost stories by women no that's awesome what a fun thing so yeah definitely everyone check that out it's by Leslie S. Klinger and Lisa Morton that's how you say her last name so and they're in, even just like their introduction to the novel I'm mean, not the mm-hmm. novel yeah to their book was super cool like it provided a lot of I read through it as an like they published it as an article the introduction and it just talked so much about like exactly what we're talking about the fact that like this was a great way for women to make money but also do so equally to men because they didn't have to you know it was mainly about the story they could be anonymous or have pseudonames or things like that and so yeah I think it's cool to think about too that like this had such a lasting effect Mm -hmm. that I'm sure we don't really consider all the time because it's like oh these cheap magazine articles but at the end of the day like they were super popular and a lot of them went on to be made into like books and novels that were sold and then on top of that I feel like it helped people start seeing women as authors Uh uh-huh because without having so many women writing and then having it come out after that they were like anonymous (laughs) 
um, I think it helped a lot of society be able to see like, oh, no, that was an amazing story. And it was by a woman. Oh, okay. I guess women can write and they can write good stories and they can write whatever (laughs) they want. And also just, I kind of talked about what it did for the genre, but kind of today I read a thing that was talking about how there's still residual effects of a lot of the things that they did, Mm -hmm. um, where like Buffy the Vampire Slayer is like a perfect idea of like a gothic horror because it's this like strong female protagonist that's not helpless, even though she's like a cheerleader in the story, she's like strong and she's the one slaying the vampires. Or even, like, they brought up Stranger Things, how Nancy and Eleven are, like, kind of more powerful than most of the guys in the story. Yeah. And how that continues the, like, feminist tradition of, like, gothic horror, Mm -hmm. where they allow, like, the strong, capable females to be in the story instead of just, like, the poor, helpless female that's, like, screaming. Yeah, because that's, that used to definitely be a trope. I mean, I feel like it kind of still is, you know, Mm -hmm. of, like the dumb blonde girl who gets murdered first or the girl who's just (laughs) screaming and running or you know things like that yes one thing I thought was interesting too is they brought up like the residual sexism that still exists yeah and actually like Twilight oh yeah which I was like oh my gosh yeah that is gothic horror and how like backlash it gets Mm -hmm. for I don't know just existing (laughs) in comparison to like a lot of male authors yeah um and I thought that that was like a really interesting thought because I don't know have you read the Twilight books I've read the first three I don't think I ever read the last one I think I only got like halfway through it to be honest okay yeah it took me a while my mom loved them so I like finally I was like okay I'll read them Mm -hmm. Um, they're good like yeah Honestly, the books are way better than the movies. But as a whole, yeah. like, the idea and concept of the story was, like, groundbreaking. Like, no one had ever written, like, a nice vampire story. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> a nice vampire. <laughs> and now we have, like, vampire diaries and tons of other stories about, like, girls falling in love with vampires. And mm-hmm. I just thought it was an interesting thing to bring up where it's, like, the sexism is still kind of there for gothic yeah. horror that like Stephen King can write whatever he wants mm-hmm. but then Twilight is kind of looked down on when like yeah. a lot of the elements are the same and they kind of fall into the same genre yeah interesting and also another thing that I was thinking about is that is just the fact that women are so attracted to it you know Mm -hmm. and I was also thinking that it I feel like it's so similar to the way that women are still so attracted to true crime Mm -hmm. like it's kind of the stereotype that you know why do women love true crime you know and like my like Jordan always make fun of me of just like as I'm listening to this like terrible story like via podcast oh my gosh same and I first I kind of had to stop listening to true crime for a while because I couldn't (laughs) even like walk in from my driveway to my car without like being convinced I could get kidnapped Mm -hmm. I had to like stop listening for my own sanity Dude, for a same <laughs> same same but yeah. I just think it's so interesting that it's like that you know even just like a hundred years ago or however long ago women were so drawn to writing ghost stories and you know reading them and the supernatural and I think that's like in today's world and in, in nowadays the mirror of that is the fact that so women are attracted to true crime and telling true crime stories like I was thinking like I I feel like a hundred years from now there's going to be some podcast or whatever the medium of art is about people discussing the fact that women all love true crime and what are the feminist implications of that you know what I mean seriously though I don't know I've thought about that a lot because I've been like what the heck like this is so weird why do I enjoy analyzing these things I think part of it for me is I'm an Enneagram six, if anyone knows what that means. Mm-hmm. It means that I love to be prepared and I'm like super yeah. focused on security and like safety. And it seems weird that like true crime helps me with that, but in a way I feel like it does. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, who are the victims of serial killers and murderers? They're women. Like yeah. <laughs> it's like 90% women. If you look at, like, every famous serial killer, they were killing women Mm -hmm. (laughs) for the most part. 
And so I think part of me is like, well, the more I know about them, the more I'll know what not to do so that I don't die. (laughs) It's almost like a protection against myself. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the same for everyone, but it's kind of, there's some kind of like element of knowing more about the monster that's going to affect you Mm -hmm. rather than like being ignorant if that makes sense. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if it was like the same with like ghost stories where it was like, oh, well, they're writing all these things and like girls are the ones dying in the ghost stories probably and like all mm-hmm. this stuff. And then it's like, well, I'd rather know and like write and be in charge of like the narrative of it rather than like being the ignorant little female yeah. in the story. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I think there's a lot of like psychological implications too of even like even back to twilight like why were women so drawn to the idea of like falling in love with a vampire that's like an objectively dangerous thing you know what i mean it's like because i think there's a part of us like it's so it's entertaining to like have that like thrill like suspense you know and to do it in a way that is still safe you know Mm -hmm. like listening to a podcast is safe or reading a story is still safe but like you still kind of get that I don't know, like that suspense, like that adrenaline rush of like, I'm still scared. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I Someone should totally do a study on this and figure know, out like, why. Why do women love true crime and, wh- and I mean, stereotypically and yeah, why do they? And like horror fiction mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't know. But I don't know either. how cool. I know. <laughs> Oh, man. No, it's really interesting and really incredible. I never would have thought, you know, like when they're like, oh, yeah, 70% of the writers were female. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, I was shocked. But yeah, like so crazy and so cool that they were Mm -hmm. able to dominate a genre at fully and completely. I know. And also to like, you know, make money for themselves and like kind of pave a way like that's also cool just like they were able to find so much success doing it what I think is also too interesting of because I feel like a trend in just the last two women that we've talked about is that like Artemisia and Clara Schumann they were both very very famous in their day but then history kind of forgot them Mm -hmm. and I think it's kind of similar into as this where at the time 70% of all the writers were women But then, like you mentioned, like when you Google like the famous writers, most of the names that pop up are the male writers. Mm -hmm. So it's it kind of like shows like this reoccurring trend where at the time they maybe are revered or they, you know, they are the majority in this situation, which is which was a rarity Mm -hmm. comparing to the other things that we've talked about. But but then why is history maybe still not remembering it that way? You know? Yeah. Seriously, though, like even the Wikipedia page. Yeah. <laughs> like most of the people that came up were men at yeah. the beginning. And it was like, what? Yeah. And it's so interesting that like they women were able to occupy such a vast majority of that genre, but still, you know, be completely overlooked. Yeah. I think it shows the gap. Like women were succeeding in the arts they just didn't bother to keep writing about them after they died. Yeah. Except for like a very few. Yeah. And yeah, it's just sad. But yeah, now I like feel like this need, like I said, like I really, I like reading scary stories. Like I don't read as much as I wish I did, but when I do read, I, I really like reading scary things. I hate watching scary movies but I like reading scary. I will read the book that the movie's about. I just don't love watching the movie. (laughs) That's awesome though. I don't know. That's my thing. So now I really want to get that weird women like anthology book and read those different stories because I'm like, Ooh, let's get spooked. (laughs) And like analyze the feminist undertones. I know even more fun. (laughs) It kind of makes me wonder like why we didn't learn about more of this in school. Mm-hmm. We had we read really creepy stuff in junior high and high school. I remember I a few times I was like, "I am a kid. Why are they having me read this?" Yeah. <laughs> like, do you remember like that monkey claw one or whatever? Yes. Or like, I think it's Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart, where he like yeah. opens the floorboards and there's a beating heart underneath. Yeah. We're reading all this weird crap. Why weren't we reading the ones with like feminist undertones under them so we could discuss like 
I know. Class and gender. I did read Frankenstein my senior year. I didn't because I was in the IB English mm. English class, which is like an international one. Looking back, I hated I did not like my teacher for my senior year English <laughs> class. And to be honest, I don't think she liked me. I feel like it was a very mutual disliking and it's fine. Moving on. But one thing that I am so grateful for her, I look back, every single one of the books she had us read was like had like those very feministic undertones. And I had my like feminist awakening in her class, honestly, where we read The Dollhouse, which is a play. Mm -hmm. And I think I think it was written by a man. Anyways, so so yeah, we read the play The Dollhouse and like I remember like in class like we almost I almost like started crying because I was so moved by it and I just like really related with that woman character and and then now looking back like we read Frankenstein and which is obviously was like very groundbreaking as far as women, mm-hmm. you know, writing sci-fi and writing horror and yeah. And like basically inspired the entire science fiction category, which Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm really like kind of I was jealous of the books you guys got to read because they're a lot more fun than the ones we did. Um, IBE is like the international program. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to take it in order to stay at Clearfield. I was actually in Syracuse High School Boundaries. Oh yeah, I I forgot. Didn't want to go. No offense to anyone who went to Syracuse, but I didn't want to go. I wanted to go to Clearfield. So I'm glad that you did. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) But I had to take the IB English class and we read a lot of like – very different books well I had my feminist awakening in my senior year English class so at least some teachers are teaching it (laughs) gosh I think it like it kind of helped me in a way too because then I was like this is stupid why are there no (laughs) books about women (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh man I actually think I probably did too just in a different way yeah so go English class go English class so I think if there's any English teachers listening, I think you should have your students read more short stories by women. Yeah. Because there's plenty of horror short stories for you to analyze. So many to choose from. Literally 70% of the ones that were written. And here's like a list of authors. I definitely want to like dive into a lot of these later and maybe even do like a whole yeah. episode on some of them because like, wow, amazing. But, um, Here's like a quick list for anyone who wants to look up more. Mary E. Wilkins Freeman, Shirley Jackson, Charlotte Riddell, Charlotte Perkins, Elizabeth Glaskell, E. Nesbitt, her first name's Edith, but she wrote under E. Um, Daphne du Maurier, it's French. I'm so <laughs> bad at different languages. Edith Wharton, Mary Elizabeth Braddon, Amelia B. Edwards, Virginia Woolf, which is like a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary Louisa Molesworth, Mary Shelley, Anne Radcliffe, and then Charlotte and Emily Bronte. Bronte, uh, Bronte. And then also, if you want to count Jane Austen's um, novel, even though she's more of a romance author now, but I know that my mother has read Northanger Abbey, and it is terrifying. I haven't, but I've seen the movie, and it's good. So that, and then also, I think... Mo- Louisa May Alcott, who wrote Little Women, has oh, also yeah. started out in Gothic horror. Oh, but cool. I couldn't find any of those, like, specific works. But she technically would be counted as a Gothic horror novelist at some point, too. So Dang. Cool. Yeah, and that's just a few. I'm sure there's tons more, obviously. But, like, if you want to look up some of the stories by these women, then... Mm-hmm. That's a nice little list for you. Yeah. And also, too, even beyond the collection that I um, mentioned, there's there was a couple that I was able to find that are a collection of, like, ghost stories written by women. So check those out. Yeah, really, you should. I want to as well. Um, I don't have a lot of time to read nowadays. Do you run into that problem when you were in school? Oh, absolutely. Like, gosh. And now I need to just get back in the habit of reading now that I, I have know. a little bit more time to do it. I have so many books that I want to. But when I do, I definitely want to read some female ghost stories because I've always wanted to go on a ghost tour and stay in a haunted hotel. And I think this would be 
see. I'm I'm too chicken for that kind of stuff, but like I can read a ghost story, but I will not stay in a haunted hotel. Do you believe in ghosts? Yes, I do. Have you had an encounter with a ghost? No, and I okay. feel like I <laughs> I like <laughs> I am doing everything in my power to avoid that. That's funny. I believe that it can happen if you like put a lot more thought and stock into it. I kind of like look at it as like funny and fun and just like fragments of our imagination. So I do believe that ghosts can happen. I just don't think they happen as often as everyone thinks they do. That's fair. I'm very superstitious, truthfully. So I'm the person who's like, I will not watch a scary movie about demons because I I don't want to be haunted by them. So yeah, (laughs) no, I don't do like seance demon. I think the closest I got was like insidious when I was 14. I've never watched anything like that. I refuse to watch that. So I watched it with my friend and her like her boyfriend. It was so awkward. (laughs) So I'm sitting there by myself during this horrible movie, like clutching a pillow, like terrified while they're like cuddling. And I was like, this sucks. That is sucky. (laughs) But that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, definitely check out those authors we mentioned or the collections we mentioned. If you happen to read a woman ghost story, let us know which one and if you liked it. And I'm going to, like I said, I think I'm actually going to buy that collection later. That weird woman one and see see what it's all about. I'm really excited. I guess like... To all of you, a little challenge. This Halloween, be a little bit more feminist. Like, watch Hill House on Netflix. Like, read Frankenstein. Yeah. There's, I don't know, check out Twilight again if that was something that you liked. Why not? If you don't want to be spooked, just watch Twilight. So, I don't know. Just, like, give a little bit more stock to those female authors that don't get enough credit. Yeah, totally. Cool. Well, yeah, everyone go listen to those. Tell us your favorites. Tag us in more that we missed. And in, and happy oh. Halloween. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.